Red has helped several pro athletes, companies, organizations, and sports teams overcome their mental blocks, reach their peak potential, increase their performance, produce more results, and just have more fun in their life and business. Bring me the energy, all right? Choose will determine what you super huge in creating your business, creating results, and just creating the life you want. On this episode, we're going to talk about connecting and creating a joint venture so you can 2x, 10x, 100x your life and business. But first, let's bring this show in. This is the Entrepreneur Underdog, business secrets to help doubted entrepreneurs triumph. The Underdog Entrepreneur is where we use fast-acting shortcuts to help underdog entrepreneurs make more money, have a bigger impact, and live a better lifestyle so that they can prove their haters wrong. And now, your host, Roy Red. Roy Red. Hi, everybody. It's Roy Red, five-time best-selling author, international regular speaker, and your host of this show, The Entrepreneur Underdog, where we share fast-acting shortcuts to help People who feel like an underdog uh, win in life and business. And today I am super excited. We're going to be talking about how to build a million dollar joint venture with Sohel Khan, who has done so much in the joint venture space. He's a joint venture expert. He's going to explain to us what joint ventures are and how we can use them to build and scale our business and life. Sohel, how are you, brother? Hey man, good man. Great to have you. Great to see you. First, I just want to say thank you for coming on the show. I've been following you for a long time now um, on Facebook, Instagram. You've really blown up on Clubhouse. So, for the few people who don't know who you are, uh, who are you and what do you do? Yeah, sure. So, my name is Sahel Khan. I'm known as the Joint Venture Expert. And a quick background to myself. Um, I built a very successful e-learning SaaS business in early 2000, uh, scaled that to eight figures uh, in a very short space of time using just joint venture partnerships, no marketing, no advertising. And then in 2008, during the last recession, uh, I lost everything. I went from being a multimillionaire to totally broke. Um, and then in 2009, I set myself a challenge to make a million dollars in 12 months and ended up doing one uh, big joint venture deal worth $1.5 million wow. in the space of 30 days. And after that became known as the joint venture expert. 
since then built a very successful corporate consulting business in corporate America, uh, sold that in 2017 via an acquisition partnership for eight figures. And I'm pretty much semi-retired and ready here in the world to give back. So great to be here. And you've really been giving back. I jumped into your rooms on Clubhouse. I listened to your content really quick for those who don't know and to give a better context, what exactly is a joint venture? Yeah, joint venture is basically a mutual uh, benefit collaboration between two or more parties. So I'll give you an example. Um, let's say you have a, uh, a luxury bathroom tile manufacturer and a luxury bathroom suite manufacturer. These two companies, um, they have um, complementary um, uh, resources that they can share, and that's their customer base, right? Because the yeah. customers both buy the same product. However, the only issue here is most businesses see each other as competitors, not collaborators. And that's where people like me, joint venture brokers, come into the middle as a, a middleman. And we basically put the deals together between these two companies. And then obviously we create that joint venture and then we take a cut of the deal. So that's what I've been doing for the last 20 years. And I've been training um, a certified joint venture brokers around the world for the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's amazing. So kind of being the middleman for mergers and acquisitions, or is it a little different than that? It could be similar to mergers and acquisitions. We've done a few mergers and acquisitions. Mergers and acquisitions, the way they work, mergers are basically a collaboration between two companies to be to form one um, uh, one one uh, unity uh, or one basically uh, um, organization that they can work together. Acquisition is very similar. We do a lot of acquisitions in the space uh, in uh, partnership acquisitions. So what our business model tends to be is to partner with our competitors who are bigger than us that don't have the same product that we provide or sell and then look forward to them acquiring us in the future and a lot of people don't do that a lot of people don't even work with competitors because they think it's impossible uh, they compete with us in the marketplace we can't work with them but that's not the case you can actually work with competitors in the same space so i call it co-opetition um, and a lot of people don't do that and they're missing out on some big business because there is an opportunity for that competitor to eventually buy you out and acquire you as well. So that's the strategy that we use all the time. Oh, that's super smart. That's super smart. We teach kind of a framework on here. I'm a firm believer and complexity is just simplicity multiplied. So I like to make things simple. And so we teach SSO, which is seeking, selling, and then outsourcing. So Seeking would just be kind of the lead generation. So how do you source these deals? Do you just Google, Google? Um, uh, there used to be a situation back in the day where we used to do a lot of outreach. So we used to do a lot of outreach and have and, uh, conversations with organizations about joint venture partnerships. But nowadays, most of the deals and the leads actually come to us. But so we do a lot of what we call inbound marketing now rather than outbound. Mm -hmm. So once you become well known in the space, it becomes easier for you. And for me, for example, we get deals all the time. So, you know, I I'm always having sort of um, as you know, I run a pitch room on Clubhouse and we generate between 20 and 40 deals a week just from that one pitch room on Clubhouse. So most of our deals that we have nowadays are basically inbound deals. So we get a lot of deals that come inbound. But if you're looking out there and opportunities to joint venture, then uh, there's uh, three things that I would say you need to do. One is, first of all, um, identify your ideal customer avatar. OK, who is that ideal customer that you're after? Number two, identify your ideal customer audience. Who is the customer audience that you want to target? Mm -hmm. Number three, go and find someone who already has access 
or control of that customer audience and basically build rapport with them, build a relationship, form a joint venture partnership with them and let them promote you to their customer audience and just give them a cut of any sales generated. The great thing with that is there's no cost up front and you only pay out when sales are made. So that's primarily um, how joint ventures uh, can really benefit any business. Mm -hmm. That's super smart. That's like, um, uh, for lack of a better analogy, um, being, they say, a, a bug on the windshield of a car is still going to the same destination. And so you're kind of leveraging uh, them and going with them, but also bringing value to them. But let me ask you, because I kind of struggle with this as well. How do you reach out to those people strategically so you bring them value? Because we don't want to just ask, 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 and then um, joint with them and um, do it strategically to where we bring value to them and they help us out as well. Great question. So yeah, that's a good thing to do. If you look at my bio, if you go on Clubhouse, for example, mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer. My ethos has always been give first, ask later. One of the ways that you can do that is by reaching out to people, either individuals or companies and asking them, what are you currently working on and how can I help? So if you ask that specific question, you're basically giving. So what you need to do really is give first and help that person achieve something and build that rapport and that trust with them. And then your joint venture proposal just becomes a question by saying, hey, that was great, wasn't it? I think we should now develop a relationship. And why don't we try creating a joint venture together or collaborating together moving forward? So that's the um, strategy that we always use. Yeah, yeah. Uh, real quick, thank you for everybody who's joining us right now live. It's 4 a.m. over here and we still got people on live uh, listening to Sohel. We're talking about how to build a million dollar joint venture, how to 2x, 10x, and 100x our results. So make sure you guys jump into chat and comment on the right side if you are on YouTube and below if you're on Facebook to ask any questions or give any comments. Um, Sohel, you said you get... 30 to 40 deals inbounded through Clubhouse. And I've had arguments with my mentor about Clubhouse and the value of it. Where do you think it's going? Does it have value? And is it too late to kind of build that audience like you and my first mentor, JT, like some of you guys did on Clubhouse where you guys really went in there and you hustled and uh, really and really made a real big uh, niche in the space? Yeah, correct. I mean, uh, me and JT, uh, we were we were on the platform at the same time and we actually collaborate. So JT is part of my group, uh, our moderator group, and uh, mm -hmm. he does some fantastic rooms. So where I do a very soft pitch room, JT does a very hard pitch room. So his pitch rooms are really, really, um, uh, you know, uh, what I would say, hard pitch rooms, as in, you know, uh, no fluff, no BS. Whereas the pitch rooms that I do are more of a softer approach, mostly for founders and startups. Uh, JT's pitch rooms are more for people who already have an established business looking for funding. So, uh, yeah, we pretty much do the same thing on Clubhouse. And, uh, you know, um, I think I I'm up around 100,000 uh, followers. JT's at, I think, 150,000 followers. Yeah. So uh, we were lucky to get in on the platform early, but it's not too late. I mean, they're opening up to Android right now. So right now is the time to get into Clubhouse. And for me, I'd say, you know, um, we've gener we generate a lot of leads from Clubhouse. I mean, we make six figures a month just from Clubhouse alone. Um, so for us, it's an amazing platform. Traffic wise, it's amazing. Quality of traffic, quality of people on the platform is phenomenal. So, you know, uh, we've decided from day one to go all in on Clubhouse and, uh, you know, that's what me and JT do. JT do. So, um, and we do very well from the platform. So uh, Clubhouse is definitely our number one um, platform 
for doing what we do uh, right now. And you guys do an amazing job. I mean, I love sitting in those rooms. As Thank I'm you. Working through my day. You guys do really good. So <laughs> the time when, so the show's kind of about being an underdog. And a lot of times underdogs have a, a point where they're in struggle. When you were, when you went through your struggle, when you lost everything, what was your mindset? What did you do when you sat down and say, okay, let me figure this out and do this again in 12 months? Obviously, you had a skill set which gave you confidence because with competence comes confidence. Um, but what three steps did you take to then get those results again? What, what did you do exactly? How did you think about that? That's a great question because, you know, one of the things that really helped me get through uh, was mindset. Uh, when it first happened and I ended up losing everything, I went through a, a short stage of depression um, and I, I nearly gave it all up. I nearly decided to chuck it all in and uh, do something different um, uh, that wasn't business related. But for me, it was uh, having the opportunity to sit down and really just clear my thoughts and thinking uh, what I've done uh, in the past that worked so well. What could I do right now? And obviously it was joint ventures. You know, I, I, I created a, a eight, nine figure business from scratch just using joint ventures. And for me, it was like, look, this is the way to go forward. And, and that's when I set myself the challenge in 2009 to make a million dollars in 12 months by doing like five or six, you know, joint venture deals. Uh, but I was very fortunate. I ended up doing one joint venture deal um, within 30 days uh, that made me one point five million dollars. And that really put me back on my feet and uh, got me well known around the world as the joint venture expert. Man, that's huge. That's huge. What does your day look like when you were back then when you were grinding and you wanted to uh, do that seven figures in 12 months? So maybe I can model what your day looked like, because um, I know you you probably had to be hustling on the phone all the time, sourcing a lot. What what did your average day look like around that time? Well, not, necess not necessarily. You know, I I'm a big um, uh, proponent of working smarter, not harder. So for me, it's like um, uh, seeking, when I'm seeking opportunities, I do, one of the things I do a lot is I read a lot. So, you know, I try and uh, um, uh, increase my knowledge as much as I can. So I know exactly what people are doing. And the thing is, you have to always stay at the forefront you have to always be leading because, you know, I have a lot of clients and students and I've got to be the person that leads from the front. So uh, for me, it's a really a matter of um, uh, things I do, like my daily schedule is like get up in the morning and um, I do my uh, grateful exercises. I do my uh, breathing. Um, I do some meditation in the morning and, you know, my phone, uh, I don't keep it by my bedside like I used to. I keep it outside on the stairs and I don't go to my phone until I've done my morning session. So I always try and go out for a walk to clear my head, uh, listening to music. Nowadays it's Clubhouse. So, you know, I'm always uh, listening in on Clubhouse or I'm participating in a room and I'm going for a walk uh, just to sort of um, uh, empty my mind and uh, set me for the day. Because what happens is when in the morning, if you have your phone and you access your phone and let's say you've got a negative text or a negative comment on one of your posts, it just off balance you for the whole day. You, yeah. you just think about it all day like, oh, you know, why did that person say that? Or I should have done something different or, you know, whatever. And that it just offsets you. So you don't need that in the morning. In the morning, you want to clear your head. You don't want to have any electronics, uh, to be honest with you. You don't want to be looking at your phone. You want to be doing that all after you've done your morning meditation or your or your morning um, uh, ritual, for example. That really sets me up for the rest of the day. And mm -hmm. for me, it's like what I do every day 
is I have one high level uh, conversation every single day with someone. So um, I, I may be on Clubhouse, for example, I may connect with someone who is, uh, you know, like recently I connected with a guy who was worth $500 million, mm -hmm. um, a huge investor in the space. And for me, it was like, hey, I'd love to just, um, you know, uh, come off Clubhouse and have a conversation with you and see what you're working on uh, currently right now and, and how I can help. And that's it. Every day I try and have one high level conversation with one person because that person has a network. Mm -hmm. And if I get on well with that person and if I can show them and if I can help them, then in return, I get access to their network. So I tend to do that every day. So every day I try and have one high level conversation every day with someone who basically is um, is uh, better than me, bigger mm -hmm. than me, um, uh, more wealthier than me um doing uh, more bigger things than me so i try to have conversations with those people to learn more from them how i can improve my life so uh, that is really one of my secrets of my success that's huge that's huge um i do the same thing gratitude set in that intention of gratitude then move forward with the day and it makes it easier to not get into a negative frame let's talk about scaling um usually scaling is work hard zero to a hundred thousand hundred thousand to a million start to get employees and then as you scale Correct. you are doing less um what is your how did you scale what is your mindset for scaling and how do you think about outsourcing do you have employees uh, how does how do you think about that i don't really have i have vas nowadays um you know i used to run a business many years ago where i used to have like 25 employees i used to have a sales team uh and it was a nightmare i had to employ people to manage those sales teams and, uh, you know, that was an eight, nine figure business. And, um, you know, when you get to that stage, then, yes, you need to have those things in place. But nowadays, with the with access to the current technology we have, it's easy for you to scale the business without actually having employees. And, you know, one of the ways I do that is by doing joint venture partnerships. I let other people do the heavy lifting for me and I just give them a percentage of the sales. So um, for me, scaling a business from scratch or scaling a business from wherever I need to go, I always do partnerships because I rely on someone else uh, to do all the heavy lifting, sales, marketing, fulfillment. And uh, basically, uh, I just give them a cut of the of the sales and the revenue it, it just makes it easier if i had employees i'd have to pay them so it actually works out much better for me i don't have that responsibility i don't have that headache mm -hmm. um uh, you know and uh, it's just easier for me to, to have other people doing all the heavy lifting for me huge huge uh what are some of your goals moving forward good question you know i'm pretty much i'm semi-retired nowadays uh, one of the things i'm working on right now is the foundation i have two kids uh, a three-year-old and a six-year-old mm -hmm. so i'm teaching them a lot about legacy uh and i want them to not only have a um a fat bank account uh, i I'd, I'd rather have them uh, have something that they can uh you know implement and utilize so uh, you know we're building this foundation and we're going to be doing some more acquisitions moving forward um, I do a lot of consulting for equity deals nowadays, but that's not for me. That's for my kids. So at least when they get older, they don't just have money in a bank account. They have a, a piece of someone else's business that they can get involved in as well. So uh, for me, it's the legacy play and it's all about my kids. So uh, because, you know, I need to start spending money uh, that I've made. So, uh, you know, I want to spend a bit of time doing that um, I don't get a lot of opportunity to do that because I don't want to try and keep myself too busy. But yeah, pretty much that. And then we've got Clubhouse, which is doing really, really well. So I'm really glad Clubhouse came around because at that point I was looking away, looking to walk away from social media because, you know, I wanted to just relax 
and just uh, enjoy my life. So Clubhouse has been a gift um, and it's given me the opportunity to help so many people. So I'm really glad we have that um, uh, platform now. So uh, that is what I'm going to be focusing on moving forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last question before we move into the red zone. Um, I was in an Uber and my Uber driver was talking about crypto. And I just had this thought. I say, you know what? When my Uber driver is talking about crypto, I think it's time to get out. <laughs> and so I just wanted to ask you real quick, um, do you have any understanding of it? What do you think is going and what do you think the market is? Going? I, 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 I do. I think it's very, this is, specu this is speculative investing. That's what it is, right? And you have to be prepared to risk everything mm. and uh, lose everything. So for me, it's always about holding. So if you have a bit of funds available to you, mm. I would say put it in a bit, Bitcoin account and just leave it there. Mm. You know, um, it is a long-term play. It's not a short-term play. Everyone's jumping on the short-term to make quick money. Uh, but that's not really your focus where your focus should be. If you're an entrepreneur, your focus should be in building your own business so you can exit that one day. Uh, and then I'd say if you have any funds available or any spare funds that you uh, don't mind losing, put that into Bitcoin uh, and just leave it there, you know, because uh, it's a long play. And, you know, it could be for yourself. It could be for your kids. Um, but it's something cool to have anyway, to have some crypto um, stashed away somewhere. But I think that's long that's a long play. Short play should be focus on your business, grow, scale your business, make sure you know your exit strategy, you know where you're heading, and then just build it and sell out and then just, you know, just relax after that. You know, at the end of the day, too much, too many of us spend too much time trying to make money, but we don't spend time spending money as in, you know, we don't enjoy, we don't have the enjoyment where, you know, we have the ability to be able to spend more time with our children, our families, um, and also, you know, it's not all about being a millionaire. Let me tell you that now. I've been a millionaire three or four times over. Mm -hmm. And that's not the most important thing. I think the most important thing really is is lifestyle, you know, um, determining what your lifestyle costs. Like, for example, what is your monthly, what's your monthly costs of living, right? And then just double that. Uh, whatever your monthly cost of living is, just double that. And that's all you need to have an uh, amazing uh, life. Just double that. You know, you don't need to be making millions to have a successful life. It's it's absolutely it's absolutely bullshit. I'll tell you that now. I've had millions in the bank, which I haven't had an opportunity to even touch because I don't need it. Uh, you know, my lifestyle supports me in terms of what I do. I'm not an acquirer of material possessions. I'm an acquirer of experiences now. So there used to be a stage where, and if you can see the pictures on the internet, I used to live in a 15-bedroom mansion. I used to have a million dollars worth of cars on the drive. No, don't need to do that anymore. You know, for me now, it's about experiences because I can look back and I can say, I did this, 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 and I could talk about it all the time, you know? Um, uh, so, you know, I'm more, I'm more of a collector of experiences right now than a collector of material possessions. But however, I'm still trying to convince my other half that I, I want a Lamborghini uh, because, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's on my bucket list, the Lamborghini event store actually. And uh, I've just got to try and convince her because I have two kids. And she says to me all the time, okay, so where are your kids going to sit in this Lamborghini? So um, I know they, they bought out a new, uh, um, a, a, yeah, a new SUV, but I still want that sort of that, that Lamborghini event job. So uh, it's, it's, it's on my bucket list. I'll, I'll, I'll get there one day. So a couple things that I totally agree. HODL, hold on for dear life when it comes to crypto, long game. And then I always say that as well when I go on podcasts, wealth is lifestyle literally write mm. down the kind of life you want to live every day, your average day, and then just live that life um, um, and family and the people that you want around that make you happy so that the experiences 
are perpetuated is what it is all. Yeah, the 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 the, 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 the problem is people live their life by the comparison of other people's lives, and that's bullshit. That is the wrong way to do it. You should not live. At, you should not look at someone else's life and say, "I wish I had that life." You know, uh, that is the the wrong way to do it. So you know, don't do that. Don't look at someone else's life and think, you know, that's what I want. My goal is to be that person. Yeah. But you're not that person. You are your individual self. So I think if you focus on yourself and if you create your own lifestyle, mm-hmm. there can be no comparison. And then you won't get into that situation where you're comparing your lifestyle to someone else's because you created that lifestyle for yourself. Yeah. So it'll be such a unique lifestyle that there's no comparison. So when you look at people, you say, well, that's great. Good luck to them. But this is the lifestyle that I created for myself and my family. And uh, for me, that is, uh, you know, unique to me. So I think more people need to do that. I totally agree. And um, take some courage to do that. It does take some courage. Yes. Be around the right people. That's what I say. Surround yourself with good people and successful people and you'll get there. Mm-hmm. All right. So how, now we're going to jump into the red zone where I ask five questions that usually are kind of hard for people like me and you to answer are you ready? Go for it. All right, let's do it. All right, so you said you're a voracious reader. What is your favorite book? And I'll, I'll give you two uh, and why. Okay, do you want me to give you two, yeah? Yeah. Okay, the first one is a book that started it all off me by Jay Abraham called Getting Everything You Can Out of All You've Got. Mm-hmm. That book started everything for me. That is how I got into doing joint ventures. Number two, the book that's really helped me be successful in life is a book by Robert Cialdini called The Psychology of Influence. That book has allowed me to do some amazing things in my life and in my business because of having the ability to influence people and influence um, uh, you know, my life as well. So those are the two books I'd highly recommend. Yeah, I love Cialdini. Uh, what's your favorite quote or quote that you live by and why? My favorite quote has always been my quote personally, which is give first, ask later. You know, I live and die by that quote. And it's always been the quote for me, you know, give first, ask later. So that's always been the quote and my ethos in life. That's huge. That's huge. If you could spend 24 hours with anyone who's ever lived in history, who would it be and why? Oh, that's a good question, man. That is a very good question. Um, That is a good question. I think for me, it would be Albert Einstein. You know, I've always been fascinated by the guy. And for me, I'd love to just find out how his mind works. I mean, this was a guy who's pretty amazing yeah. uh, in his lifetime. And I think for me, having the ability to sit down and talk to this guy, that would probably be my ideal, um, uh, you know, situation. Yeah. yeah, that's huge. I actually jumped between him and Buckminster Fuller, uh, who they both. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. They never got to meet each other. But if they did, they probably would have figured out so much. But that's awesome. Amazing. Awesome. Um, would you rather be loved or respected? That is a great question. I love, I'd rather be loved. I think, um, uh, I think love is an emotional thing, which basically can drive you, uh, respect can only take you so far. Mm. Uh, but I think love, uh, love always wins. Yeah. I I would say I'd rather be, I mean, I've got kids now, so I know what it really feels like, Mm. um, you know, uh, on a massive scale. So yeah, I'd rather be loved than respected. Love always wins. Love always wins. And then lastly, you kind of touched on it when you said lifestyle. But uh, what is success to you? That's a good question. I think success to me is having the ability to live your life by your own terms. That's what success means for me. You know, having the ability to live your life on your own terms. That is when you're truly successful. Yeah. 
Awesome. All right, so Hill, thank you so much, man. I got your uh, Instagram handle below you there. Plug your clubhouse, where people can find you, where they can reach out, where they can pitch. I have a friend, actually, who I'm going to send to your room or send to you to pitch his, uh, pitch his idea as well. Uh, where can we find you and connect? Yeah, not yeah. So I'm I'm on Clubhouse. Uh, just uh, follow me. I'm the joint venture expert on Clubhouse, and I do my pitch rooms every Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays at 8 a.m. EST. So definitely come and join. You can connect with me through my Instagram, um, uh, which is right there. You can see, and also for anyone who's listening uh, today, if you'd like a free copy of my uh, book, Guerrilla Marketing and Joint Ventures, just go to freejointventurebook.com free jointventurebook.com it's normally $25 on Amazon but if you go to that um, website you can actually pick that book up for free and that is an amazing book it'll inspire you it has all the case studies tools templates agreements and scripts that you need to go out and do your own billion dollar joint venture partnerships and people have actually used that book to do six and seven figure deals so it's definitely worth um, getting yeah so uh, real, real quick before we get you out of here I actually stole uh, a marketing thing you did when I followed you on Instagram you shot me a DM uh, to give me the book, and I stole that whole idea. I just took the copy and put my. That's cool, man. That's what it's <laughs> all about. That's that. what it's all. That's what that, that that's what it's all about. You know, don't reinvent the wheel. If you see someone doing something successful, then basically just take it and copy it. So it's fine. You know, this is a this is what we do in marketing. You know, you uh, you know, you look at people who are doing things that are successful, and you know, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. You know, see what people are doing. And then just try and replicate that. So, uh, and if it works, then th then just keep doing it until it doesn't. So, yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, I got eleven leads since we did that a couple of days ago. So, thank you nice. so much. Nice. Yeah, that's my that's my that's my number one lead. That's number one lead generation strategy. Works really yeah. well. Because I figured if they come from Clubhouse to there, and they then you, I was like, oh, guys, smart, um, super smart, super smart. But cool, thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Um, I appreciate it so much. Thank you for everyone who actually hopped on the live. Uh, this early. Uh, we are going to be posting this on every modality, uh, Stitcher, iHeart, everywhere. Thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed making it for you. Till next time, peace. This is the Entrepreneur Underdog. Business secrets to help doubted entrepreneurs triumph. The Underdog Entrepreneur is where we use fast-acting shortcuts to help underdog entrepreneurs make more money, have a bigger impact, and live a better lifestyle so that they can prove their haters wrong. And now, your host, Roy Red. Roy Red.